pay cut. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is 3521. It's happy 305 day. If you're in Miami, you know what that means. It's March 5th. It's sort of like May the 4th be with you. Everyone's got a day. April 20th, May 4th, March 5th. Anyway, 305. Something funny will happen in Miami today. But the word of the day is pay cut. One day, I want someone to explain to me. Just one day. Call me up. DM me. Do something. Why, if you have a guaranteed contract, do you say, I'm willing to take a pay cut? I'm paid too much. I agree that I was worth what you paid me when we signed the contract, but now that I've made it through each year of the contract and it's the end of the contract, it's too much. $19 million for me, Ben Roethlisberger, no way. I'll take less. Is that what happened in Pittsburgh? No. Ben Roethlisberger, one of the great guys, great team guys, says, I'm going to take a pay cut to make the team better. No, I'm not sure that happened either. Let's see if we can go through the chronology of events that started with the Steelers starting 11-0, finishing 12-4, being unceremoniously bounced from the playoffs, having won one Super Bowl, not bad, don't get me wrong. Having trouble, not winning. Owner of the team comes out and says, Listen, folks, it's very hard to deal with an aging superstar. But the one thing I can tell you is Ben Roethlisberger will not be back with the Steelers under his current contract. At which time Ben Roethlisberger said, no worries. Don't cut me. Don't release me. Don't save all the cap space because I won't have any money. Who's going to sign me? There's five quarterbacks available to be traded. Three more getting drafted. Let's restructure. Ooh, I like to hear that when a player says that that means we got him by the, I was going to say short and curlies, but I don't even know what that is. We got him by the the Ganictagazoints. So the Steelers front office gets together and they have to figure out how to deal with this issue, much like many teams have to deal with during the course of a career. The great thing about being with the Marlins and the Expos and anybody who's with a small market, low revenue team is you never have to worry about paying an aging superstar. Because what do you do? You sit him down. Are you honest? I like that theory. I like that philosophy. It's important to say, listen, you're not as productive as you used to be. You don't give us the best chance to win given your salary. We're unable to put a team around you because of your salary. We want you to go into the Hall of Fame because you're a Hall of Famer. You're going to be in our ring of honor. We are forever thankful for what you've done for our community, for our team. However, the time has come. The fan base is not very understanding of that. They'd rather you just pay him, let him leave on his own terms. He's the hero. A pillow contract is what we used to call it. Players get pillow contracts often. Aging superstars get pillow contracts often because that is where a negotiation lands generally when you don't want a PR issue. Never cared much about that. When you want the player who has been in your organization for so long to leave on good terms, he would say on his terms, I would say on my terms, will settle on saying, D 
decent terms, moderately decent terms. But in football, you've got a hammer. In baseball, you've got a hammer. In basketball, you've got a hammer. Do you want to use it? The hammer is you look at your aging superstar and say, either you will do exactly what we want, or we are okay with the PR of letting you go because we are not going to sacrifice the team or the season. Most teams aren't willing to use the hammer. They're scared. I can't say that it ever scared me when I pictured dealing with an aging superstar. We'd rather overpay a guy by a year. Dealt with that a lot. But you sit down with Ben and you say, we have an idea. You were going to make 19 with the salary cap hit of 41. Let's save 15 million off the salary cap and cut your pay from 19 to 14 and pay you out over time. And you're going to make a statement saying how happy you are, how willing you were. We're going to give you the credit. And then we're going to come out and say, we can't imagine life without you. And it's what the Steelers did. And Big Ben's statement was exactly what was written for him. It's my greatest honor to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and give my all for this organization. Now, I'm not going to give my all, but I'll give $5 million worth. I'm grateful to be at this stage of my career and more than happy to adjust my contract in a way that best helps the team address other players who are so vital to our success. Well, what are they going to do with the $15 million cap savings? They've got about 19 unsigned free agents. You already had a teammate of Roethlisberger. His name is... Uh, J-U-J-U, Coco, how, how do you say his name? Is it, is, I was going to say it's Juju, but that seems not nice how to say the name. But that's how to say it. Okay. His name is Juju. And uh, do you ever eat those candies? I don't eat dots, even though a lot of people like dots. And also Juju fruits, they get stuck in my teeth and they're all sticky. And you're afraid you're going to blow a cap or a cavity. Anyway, his name is Juju Smith-Schuster. He's ready to get paid. Do the Steelers have enough? Can the Steelers build a winning team paying Roethlisberger $14 million? And do they care? My guess is it says here that they don't care because if they do, they would have maybe traded for a quarterback who's available, traded up to draft a quarterback who's available. You know you've got to help save your running back. They've got that great running back, um, uh, the guy from – uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, which is called The Terminator. Connor is the name. I can't remember what. Somebody Connor is their running back. So they've got to pay him. You've got to put together these pieces of a puzzle. And it's like doing it with a blindfold on, one hand behind your back, while you're freezing cold in a bucket of ice, putting together a team when you're overpaying a player. Now, Roethlisberger is a surefire Hall of Famer, but at $14 million, he's still overpaid. But, but we get to say he took a pay cut. Yes, we do. I don't know. I'm not sure I'd be doing a coca. Don't you just want to bite it? Rip off the bandaid? I'm always a big fan. Hey, here's a question. How do you take your band-aids off? Do you take it off where you have slowly, so one hair at a time gets pulled, but it doesn't hurt that much, but it hurts. It just hurts for a lot more time. Or do you take the end of the band-aid and rip it off? And out comes a clump of your hair like you're being waxed on 40-year-old virgin. And it stings like holy hell for one second. And then it goes away. I'm more of a rip the bandaid off kind of guy. I want bad pain, but I want it to go away quickly, not mediocre pain that lasts forever. When you sign an aging superstar to a pillow contract, you are ripping your bandaid off one hair at a time. Does it work for the team? I ask you, go back. Let's go back and look at pillow contracts. Anybody? 
it's terrible to say it, but Kobe had one. Roethlisberger now has one. Steelers, not a wait to see. You know what, Coca? Let's add a wait to see. I think this contract cost the Steelers, and I'm going to wait to see right now, and I'm going to do it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, put it in the rundown, Coca, so I can remember to put it on the spreadsheet, so I can remember to revisit it. The Pittsburgh Steelers will not make the playoffs in 2020, whatever season's coming up, 21. The Steelers will not make the playoffs in 21 because of Roethlisberger not being what he used to be. Front offices have so much to deal with when they are running their teams. And now it seems during the pandemic, a whole list of things was added. During this year, 2020, where systemic racism, racial inequality came to the forefront, sexual harassment, misogyny, all of these things are such huge issues. Front offices have to do more then run a team, they've got to tiptoe through the tulips with a side dose of bombs that are on the ground, landmines, and they've got to do it right. They've got to do what's moral. And then they've got to meet the media about it. The Mickey Calloway deal is not going away anytime soon. He has such a long history of misogyny and harassment. He's been on three teams, Mets, Indians, and Angels, and now the front offices have to deal with it. And anyone in the front office who's still in a front office has to deal with it. And we got a question about it. That is a topic worth discussing. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. I had an epiphany yesterday. IMDB is a great website. I watched a movie that we're going to review later in the show called The Mauritanian. And of course, I'm watching the credits because I always watch the credits. And one of the producers is someone named Bob Simons. Bob Simons is the chairman and CEO and founder of STX Entertainment. He has produced some of the best movies you've seen. The Adam Sandler movies go all the way back. And I serve on a board with him and I texted him. I said, thank you for making The Mauritanian. And by the way, I have a show called Nothing Personal. And he knew that because I wear the nothing personal shirt to the board meeting. Why not? If you're not going to promote yourself, who will? And I said, we have a segment called, so you want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson is when people get into my Twitter at David P. Samson, they hit follow, they get into the DM and they ask a question about something that's interesting, trendy and funny, interesting, or just interesting to them. I look at it. I sometimes answer on Twitter. I sometimes don't have time to answer, but I try to read everything or it goes in the show. So I said to Bob Simons, I said, you wouldn't believe this segment. So you want to talk Samson is based on a character in Half-Baked, which, by the way, you may recall you produced. He wrote back saying that that's the funniest thing he ever heard. There's an entire segment on a podcast that Coca tells me is successful based on a movie that he produced all those years ago called Half-Baked. Bob, this one's for you. So you want to talk to Samson. Should front office people be held responsible for their hiring process. Oy, that's a heavy topic. The reason that's a heavy topic is the hiring process in baseball, much like the hiring process in whatever company you work for, let's talk about how it goes. So you post a job online, you go to LinkedIn, backslash.samson.com, backslash Samson for a free job posting. You put it, you put your job in, 
you're hiring someone in sales or in marketing, you got resumes, you have a human resources department, they look through who's got the relevant experience. You then do a Zoom interview, you do a background check, you look at their social media maybe, and then you hire them if you think they can be helpful. You don't know them, you haven't heard of them, you got them on LinkedIn and it works out. Or there's an opportunity when you hire someone who's been recommended to you by someone you know. That's the one degree of separation is what I call in the hiring process. When you trust somebody who trusts somebody, so by the transitive property of trust, you trust them. Hey, I know you're looking for someone in finance. I've got someone in accounting who I think can be helpful. I like him. I think you should take a look. You look at the resume, you do a Zoom call, and you say to yourself, my guy, trust him, I'm bringing him in. That's another way. That's the one degree of separation hiring process. The zero degrees of separation hiring process, I know this person, I've never worked with them or her or them. Do I have to say him, her, them every time? Isn't there a shortcut we can do, Coca, that won't get me canceled? I know the person I'm gonna hire. That's zero degrees. Th what's, so we've got zero, we've got one. Here's what two degrees of hiring is. It's a friend of a friend, that's one. A friend of a friend knows somebody from a meeting they once had, don't know anything else. That's two degrees. You may take a look. What about the favor hire? That's a good one. The favor hire comes when you owe somebody something and they pay it back. They want payback. They call you and say, I need you to hire my child. I need you to hire a friend of my child. A friend of mine has no job and has a family to feed. You've got an opening. Please, I need this. I've got no choice. I've got to do it. I want to be helpful and I owe you. All sorts of ways you can hire people. Baseball is funny though. The vetting process that everyone's talking about after all of these bad hires and the Jared Porters of the world, the Mickey Calloways of the world. The vetting process is this. You go to your GM and say, we need a head of player development. Anyone in mind? We'd like to promote from within because I know these people. It's one way, promote from within. Someone who is a lower level person in player development. Or they say, yeah, I used to work for three other teams because in baseball, if you're not willing to work for several teams, you're not willing to move around the country, you're not going to have a career in sports. Yeah, I used to work for a team. That's how we got Larry Bonfest. That's how we got Mike Hill. That's how we got Dan Jennings. So we got just about everybody. Everybody knows somebody. They go to the team president and say, hey, I want to bring in this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, because I know him, 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 and him. And I want people around me who are going to be loyal to me. I believe in you. You believe in them. We've got the transitive property belief. That's my vetting. The human resources department fills out the paperwork, except the human resources department in every case will do what the baseball operations department wants. The wall between human resources and baseball is a paper wall. The other front office positions, HR takes a far bigger role. But in baseball, when you've got the go ahead from the GM, that person's going to be hired. All of a sudden, word comes out that you hired a deviant, rut row. You hired a misogynist. You hired a harasser. Or did you create the deviant and the harasser? the misogynist. 
It's my experience that people come to you as they are. It's very difficult. While the culture may not be such that it can heal someone, there are often Wall Street being an exception, maybe baseball locker rooms being an exception, but very rarely is someone who doesn't have a predilection toward misogyny will become a misogynist later in life. Generally, they've always been that way. They were taught to be that way, and they are that way. But they can hide it, and then they get hired. So the Toronto Blue Jays hired a guy named Ross Atkins to be their GM under Mike Shapiro. Ross Atkins worked for the Indians as the director of player development when the Indians hired Mickey Calloway. Ross Atkins was asked about Mickey Calloway, even though Mickey Calloway never worked for the Blue Jays, but Ross Atkins did work for the Indians, so he's forced to answer questions. And he had some of the best quotes I've seen on this issue. Ross Atkins said, I know there were hires that I made myself and that the process was not good enough and not thorough enough. It's true. As a leader, it's our responsibility to ensure that our staff feels safe and supported. I deeply apologize to anyone who ever faced harassment or didn't feel comfortable to come forward. I see that as a failure on my part, that there weren't the proper channels for someone to feel safe to come forward. As a leader in that organization, that's heartbreaking for me. You may think on nothing personal that I'm always on people's ass for their quotes, for their statements, and that we feed on people who don't know how to make statements, don't know how to write, don't know how to speak. They misspeak, they lie. Not in this case. I'm not coming after Ross Atkins. And the reason I'm not is I get exactly what he's saying. The reality of what he's saying is that you are absolutely responsible for creating a situation where people feel safe, except people will never take you up on it because no matter what you do to make them comfortable, they're not gonna feel it. And that is something I think about every day. What more can I do? What more do you do when you run a company than providing outside independent people to take phone calls when there's harassment? By creating a human resources department that has people who look like the employees, who can empathize, who do not seem as though they are front office, moles and hacks. The safety to acknowledge that you were preyed upon without thinking that there's going to be any sort of penalty that you will have to pay. When you've heard stories in the baseball world and the sports world, that when you come and give information, that the result will be that you will lose your job or that you will be looked at in a different light, not the man who did that to you. How do we change it? Your question was, are people culpable? Are they held responsible? The answer is anyone at the top is held responsible for actions of people below them. But does that mean Ross Atkins should lose his job? He was the director of player development. He wasn't the top in the Indians. He can say that they were his hires. He may have been responsible for hiring coaches, managers, and trainers in the minor leagues. But he was not responsible for the hiring of Mickey Callaway to be major league pitching coach. May have been a part of it. Not responsible. Does that mean Mark Shapiro is responsible? Chris Antonetti, Mark Chernoff, Sandy Alderson. What are you going to do? Every time there is an actor, and an actor meaning a person, who behaves in a completely inappropriate, completely criminal way, that anyone associated with that person gets canceled and fired. You can't operate that way. It is a line you have to walk when you're the commissioner of baseball. It's a line you have to walk when you're the owner of a team, the president of a team. You have to be able to properly allocate responsibility without taking into account the tide 
the tsunami that is working against you when you are the issue of the day and when you are the focus of the issue of the day. If you are Rogers, the owner of the Blue Jays, you do not do anything to Ross Atkins, except you make sure that Ross Atkins has the freedom, along with Mark Shapiro with the Blue Jays, to create the type of front office that we all want to create, but struggle to create. And the best way to create it is throw some money at it to allow us to make extra hires so that at every level of the organization, there is someone who is independently overseen, who is the live suggestion box for any issues that are happening in the front office. Remember I told you with the Marlins, we used to have contrarians and with the Expos too, someone whose job was to just take the other side. When we were looking at a free agent, we were looking at a trade, a contrarian to say, I know you guys all love Wei in Chen, but let me tell you why I don't. I know you guys all want to sign Christian Yelich to a long-term deal. Let me tell you why I don't. I'm giving you two examples, one that worked, one that didn't work. But the point of the contrarian is to be able to, without worrying about his job, to say, here's why you're wrong. Let's talk it through. That person has to be very secure in the job and know that that is the definition and job description in order to be truly honest, because it is really hard when you are in a room with a GM or a president to go against the room. It's really hard to give an opinion that is counter to the groundswell of support for a signing of a player or trading of a player. Now multiply that by 10, and that's the situation when you've got clubhouse behavior that's inappropriate, or managers or coaches or other people who are front-facing famous people who have done wrong, and you are someone who has to report it or wants to report it or needs to report it or it impacts your life to the point that you can't report it and that stays with you for years and decades. How do you feel about that when you're the president of a team? Like crap. The thought that there could be employees of the Marlins and Expos, thousands of employees over the years, more than thousands, and that I may have been part of an organization where they struggled after leaving us, where they felt that it was not an environment that was conducive to family, family-oriented, full of love, compassion. Doesn't mean I was not a tough leader. It means that I wanted to foment an environment of inclusion and of people knowing that they're gonna lose their job for performance, not for coming to me with other issues that take place off the field, even on the field. So your question, so you want to talk to Samson, is should front office people be held responsible? The answer is yes, you're held responsible. But you have to understand what that means. It does not mean automatic termination. It means you're responsible to put in the systems to try to be better. We're not there yet, folks. We are so far from there that we can't even see it. When we come back, we are going to review the Mauritanian. And it's quite a review that's upcoming. And we're going to get to less miles because it is absolutely apropos of the conversation we just had to discuss the former coach of LSU, the current coach of Kansas. We will be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. 
Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Today is Friday, the 5th of March. It's 305 day. We watch a movie every single day. I love watching movies. So last night did the clubhouse hour. I, I'm sorry. The clubhouse is so exclusive. I think when Twitter spaces starts, we're going to do some Twitter stuff because the concept of these sort of talks that we're having and giving people an opportunity to ask questions directly to me and have them answered directly is a good concept. People like it. There's so many questions you all have. Thank you. You guys have made nothing personal. You download, you subscribe, you tell your friends, and we just keep going like the Energizer Bunny. We will keep going until we become aging superstars. But given what Skip Bayless just got paid at age 69, I'm only 53. We got 20 years left together, minimum. So get ready. Hey, I need some tea, Coca. It's Friday. I need tea. I've got a frog in my throat. I feel like Steve Gutenberg in uh, Short Circuit or the robot in Short Circuit. I, uh, or that, maybe that's Darth Vader. I am your father. <laughs> oh my God. Why am I trying to do something remotely humorous given that the next two topics are downright depressing? The Mauritanian is the name of someone from Mauritania as given by a fellow prisoner at Gitmo from Marseille. It's the true story of a man. Excuse me one second. I'm live doing a show, so I have to call you back, okay? Thank you. How do you not take that call? Hi, Jenny. So the Mauritanian is the name given to a person who was arrested. It's a true story, a famous story based off a best-selling book, and here's the story of the Mauritanian. After 9-11, the United States 
needed to get swift justice. If you were brown after 9-11, I don't think that uh, there's any way to describe what it felt like. I can't. I wasn't in your shoes. I was scared after 9-11. I will admit to you that the first time I flew after 9-11 and I saw Muslims boarding a plane, of course I thought about it. That is so wrong. And it makes me feel like crap. But maybe the first step is to admit when you feel an unconscious bias. Instead of pretending, no, I don't think any of that. I was a New Yorker on 2001. I don't think anybody will ever forget it. Who was a New Yorker or anyone in this country. Being in baseball after 9-11 was... I felt a responsibility. I was nervous about our fans. I was nervous about our players. I was nervous about my family. I was nervous about me. I was nervous about our country. I was scared. And when you're scared, you generalize, you lash out. The United States had to stop its citizens from feeling that way at the expense of other of its citizens. That is a no-win proposition. Arrests were made and people were brought to Guantanamo Bay, Gitmo it's called. Do you know out of the over 700 prisoners at Gitmo, like eight were ended up being charged, three of whom had their charges, their convictions overturned. This is a story about someone who served 14 years at Gitmo and got tortured in a way that if it makes you proud to be an American to see that, then this is not the America I wanna be in. The level of torture exhibited at Gitmo is not the world we want. Never been admitted by the US government, never been admitted by the Department of Defense. And this man got tortured and then confessed to being a recruiter to the hijackers for 9-11. Do you remember after 9-11 what we needed? We needed people to admit we needed arrests. How many times do you see that in your local community? A murder happens, a robbery. We need to arrest somebody. We've got to calm down when there's a serial killer. Find that serial killer. We need people to be able to walk the streets safely. Why do we feel it's okay to have a system where the wrong people are arrested, innocent people are arrested? The reason we have a constitution is that charges have to be brought against someone in a reasonable period of time after an arrest, and then charges have to be proven for there to be a conviction. We're not talking about bail reform here. We're talking about what is reasonable. And if you do not have the evidence to prosecute, then you must let the suspect go. That's the law. Don't you want to be the beneficiary of that law? Because one day it could be you. The Mauritanian won an award for Jodie Foster. Best Supporting Actress plays the lawyer who took on this case pro bono. Aaron Rodgers' fiance, Shalene Woodley, who I loved in The Descendants, plays another lawyer helping Jodie Foster. The star of The Mauritanian was nominated for Best Actor in a Drama Lost Out to Chadwick Boseman. The movie is two hours and 10 minutes of discomfort. It's not being reviewed well because the feeling is it did not go deep enough into the character that it was portraying. The torture scenes may have been so realistic that they became showy. 
My review is slightly different. I'm not reviewing the movie based on the quality of the movie. I'm reviewing the movie based on the importance of knowing the story. I did not know the story. I had not read the book. It's so easy from my perch to not pay attention to any of it. And it's disgraceful and shameful. I watch movies like that because I want to feel uncomfortable. I want to feel wrong and I want to make sure that I educate myself. I want to feel like that I don't know everything, which I don't. I want to make believe that I've got the feeling and the ability to show empathy, even with intelligence, even with fear, even with understanding. The ability to understand and empathize with people who have gone through something that you will never go through. Never say never but I cannot imagine a world where I would be treated that way. Please watch the Mauritanian and please let me know. I really do want to know your view of it because I want to know whether or not you agree, even post 9-11, even with the fear that we all lived with, whether this is the country that you want to live in, whether this is the United States of America, it's not. Okay. You know, the Bucks didn't cover. It is what it is. The Bucks did not cover. I thought they'd beat the Grizzlies by six. They beat them by one. Nothing personal pick of the day. We go into the second half of basketball with baseball starting in only 27 days. We are 30 and 20. It's nothing to sneeze at, Hachu Hachu. I'm pretty fortunate. It's really hard to bet the NBA not knowing who's going to play, et cetera. But I'm happy to be 30 and 20. I want to make a pick for Sunday's All-Star Game, Coca. Can you find a line for the All-Star Game? LeBron James and Kevin Durant drafted their teams yesterday. LeBron James drafted Giannis. I was annoyed that the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell were the last players taken. No respect being shown to the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to end up making it out of the West. I really do, even though I picked the Nuggets. The Jazz are a good team. It's going to be hard to beat them four to seven times. Although I could say the same thing about the Nuggets and the Lakers. God, I can't wait for the NBA playoffs. Does the All-Star game have a line, Coca? I got to believe it does. Go to William Hill and find it. I'm assuming it's going to be Team LeBron by six over Team Durant. But I'm willing to go anything up to nine. Anything in single digits is something that I will do. Oh, my God. Is it possible? Coke is telling me that the line is only three and a half. All right, we're doing a pick. All-Star game is coming up in Atlanta. No partying. You cannot watch the All-Star game and party. Verboten. You want to go to Atlanta? Don't. You want to get together with people and get baked and drink and watch the game? Don't. You've got to be alone. You can have some other screens on if you want. If you're alone, you might as well. Team LeBron, three and a half points over Team Durant. We are taking Team LeBron as our pick of the day. Wait to see is when we say something's going to happen. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. The best part is that we always revisit it. So here's the wait to see today. Kansas has a coach named Les Miles. He's going to get fired. Why do I say Les Miles is going to get fired? Wait to see. A report is coming out today that blew my mind. 
shook me to my foundation, not because I was surprised, because I was mortified. How is this still happening? Les Miles was investigated by LSU and was found to put women in uncompromising positions, to be inappropriate to the point of night sweats. The result of the investigation many years ago was not that he lost his job at LSU, but get this, here was the result of the investigation. He could not be alone ever with a female staffer. Now, listen, I may be crazy. You may be right. I may be crazy. But if I'm investigated and I'm found that I'm not allowed to be alone with a woman, I'm not sure I should have the job as head coach of LSU. Can you imagine what you have to do? Well, he would ask women who worked with him in the sports department back to his hotel or back to his condo. Why? Why do you ever ask someone who works for you back to your hotel or your condo? You want to interview them? You want to do business? No, you want to have sex. Less miles? How about this? We need to hire some women. You better make them blonde. You better make them slim. And you better make them fit. We're out there recruiting players. Blonde, slim, fit. Not just thinking that. He actually said it. People are shallow and prejudiced and racist and sexist. They've got their own fetishes, their own proclivities. When you're in a position, a public position of power, or you are simply someone who works in a three-person company that no one's ever heard of, no one ever will, that will never be in the paper, that has $2.50 of sales. It doesn't matter. I'm not on Les Miles because he's a public figure. I'm on Les Miles because how are there still people who act this way no matter what position they're in? I am not going to dictate what you think and I'm not violating your constitutional right by judging what you say. You've got every right in the world to be however you want to be. You want to have a foot fetish? You like being slapped or bit in? Whatever you like. Just don't involve me. And don't involve someone who's not willing. No may be an impediment on the way to yes in business, but not in social situations. Actually articulating that you will not allow women who do not fit a certain physical set of attributes to work a certain number of hours is the most disgusting, disgraceful showing I've seen today. And I say today because every day the sun rises, I'm equally shocked at what I read. So Les Miles gets investigated by LSU. He gets 
totally let off. He doesn't get off. He gets let off. He then loses his job at LSU to Ed Orogeron, or, or Ed or Ed Orogeron takes over at LSU. I'm pretty sure I got that wrong. He then goes on to Kansas, less does, where he's been incredibly unsuccessful. I think he's like seven and 28. Now Kansas has to deal with this report being made public. And there's only one way to deal with it. And you wait to see. Les Miles will not be coaching Kansas when the next college football season starts. There's another coach in trouble. His name is Greg McDermott. Greg McDermott is a college coach at Creighton. You know, coaches, we used to play in in in-game entertainment. We would have these motivational clips for movies. The way that works is you actually subscribe to and buy a set of clippings as an in-game entertainment department that you can then have the right to use as many times as you want during the course of a season. So we would buy the Animal House clip from John Belushi about when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Did the Germans do something when they bombed Pearl Harbor? Remember that with Animal House? We've got the Gene Hackman Hoosiers, the network. I want you to stand up. I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to say, let's go, Knicks. There's all sorts of these clips that you buy. You had uh, a bunch of movies. What's strange, Coca, here on a Friday with six minutes left in the show, I don't have the first idea why I was bringing up motivation. Oh, my God, I do. I got you, Coca. I'm landing it. Hold on. It's coming in for landing. It's not going to be smooth. Put on your seatbelts. We may hit a bird. Here's the landing. Coaches do motivational speeches all the time, right? That's their job. Their job is to get their players to play to the best of their abilities. Nope. Their job is to get the players to play above the best of their abilities because they want to keep their job. And to keep their job, they have to overperform. Greg McDermott is coaching Creighton, got his players together, and said the following. Guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. Oh, no, Greg. Greg? Greg, what did you say? You didn't say that. Motivational speeches. Go team. I believe in each and every one of you. All for one, one for all. T-E-A-M equals W-I-N. There's no I in team. There's no I in quit. There's an I in quit. I don't know why people say that. Don't quit. Greg McDermott uses a slavery word. Now, understand that I used to live in a place called Plantation, Florida. Lived there for many, many years, in and out of years and over a decade. And I am so clueless that it never occurred to me when I'd write my address that that address and the name of that city would be offensive to people. I just 
don't have that bandwidth that I think that way, I'm starting to get better. I'm starting to be more sensitive and really thinking through everything that can be offensive and wrong. There is a now a drive to change the name of that city. We talked about how to rename cities, that committee that Yale convened. But when you are giving a speech to a locker room full of college kids, Do you practice that? Do you write it down? I've never used the word plantation other than as a city and to describe a piece of art like Mie's The Gleaners, where you would say the gleaners are on a plantation. By the way, that's hanging in the Musée d'Orsay if you're looking to see a, a piece of art. When you're giving a talk, to your employees, when you're trying to motivate them, the last thing you do is say, we need everybody to stay on the plantation. So what happened after that is Greg McDermott apologized. He asked his team, his kids, his students, his athletes, whether or not he should resign. And they said, no coach, please don't resign. But the leadership in Cre of Creighton, the athletic director, the president had no choice but to suspend him. So Greg McDermott has been suspended after making the racially sensitive, racially insensitive comments. And then had to do a quote and a statement that we've read way too often because it comes every day. After our Creighton men's basketball team returned to Omaha earlier today, Father Hendrickson and I engage with other senior leaders in dialogue and discussion regarding appropriate sanctions for the remarks made by head men's basketball coach, Greg McDermott, that were not in alignment with Creighton's commitment to racial equity, diversity, and respect. That's the same statement that every company has to do. When does that statement stop? I guess when we educate people on what can be said, what should be said, what can't be said, what you shouldn't say, but don't people just say things that they think about? Is it possible that Greg McDermott used the word plantation for the first time in his life during that speech? Is it possible that he's not racist at all? That he just made an off the cuff, racially insensitive comment that otherwise he never would have made, never would have thought five years ago, 10 years ago, 20, 50, 100, I'm in. Today in 2021, I'm out. Don't we have to right now draw a line in the sand and say from this day forward, you can get a pass for what happened earlier, for what you said earlier, what you thought earlier, but starting today, you are out of passes. There is nobody who is not aware that times have changed and what used to be acceptable is no longer acceptable. It doesn't make it right that it was acceptable before, but it sure as hell isn't right to be acceptable now. Today is the day. And it starts with every one of us, starting with me, everybody listening to this, and everyone you and I know. Let's make it so we don't have any more of these statements, any more of these comments going forward. Today is not 305. Today is March 5th, 2021. And maybe this will be the end 
of people not understanding that words have meanings and words have consequences. That's our show. Thank you very much. And please remember, it's just business. It's nothing personal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.